0: Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. For years, the village of Newtok, Alaska, has worked to relocate to escape the constantly eroding land they call home. The permafrost that held the land together is thawing, and homes and other structures are in peril. The village is one of 11 tribes to receive federal funds for relocation. We'll check in with residents of Newtok and hear about other places that are facing looming climate-related threats. We're back right after the news.
1: Tribes in California are preparing for the implementation of the Feather Alert, which alerts the public when a Native person goes missing. The Feather Alert notification system is similar to the Amber or Silver Alerts, which are used when children are abducted or missing or when seniors are missing. Tribal leaders, state lawmakers, and others recently gathered in Gold, California to share input on the Feather Alert. Native American state lawmaker James Ramos co-sponsored the bill for the alert system. He says the roundtable will was an opportunity for leaders to hear from each other. Law enforcement and others invested in addressing the issue of missing and murdered indigenous people.
2: This implementation uh, roundtable discussion is meant to start to build that relationship, meant to build the questions that could be out there. How do we interact? How does the uh, feather alert get implemented? Um, And being able to have different uh, speakers um, on panels here coming up is vital, but it's also vital to hear firsthand from um, tribal leaders, tribal chairs, tribal um, vice presidents, of uh, the issue that still drastically affects um, all California Indian people here in the state of California.
1: Romo says California is the state with the greatest population of Native Americans in the nation and is also among states with the highest rates of reported cases of MMIP. The new Feather Alert system is intended to help law enforcement act more quickly in notifying the public and to help produce leads to find missing individuals. The Feather Alert bill was supported by a number of tribes, law enforcement groups, and native health organizations. The public notification tool rollout will take place in January. The white bark pine, which populates 80 million acres of the Mountain West, is now listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. Montana Public Radio's Aaron Bolton reports on the newly afforded federal protections.
2: The white bark pine is crucial to the northern Rocky Mountain ecosystem. Its seeds are a key food source for several species of birds and for threatened grizzly bears. It also helps preserve high-elevation mountain snowpack into the spring and summer months. But scientists estimate that a non-native fungus and other threats have eliminated up to half of the species. The Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes celebrated the move to provide federal protections, saying the tree is, quote, part of our first foods and culture, unquote the tribes and conservation groups hope the tree's protected status will bolster efforts to plant fungus-resistant trees across the Mountain West. For National Native News, I'm Aaron Bolton.
1: The charitable arm of the Three Rivers Casino has made an open call for nonprofits in several Oregon counties to apply for over a million dollars in grant money. KLCC's Brian Bull reports.
3: The Confederated Tribes of Coos, Lower Umpqua, and Siaslaw Indians established the Three Rivers Foundation 11 years ago. It distributes casino profits to other groups in need. Coordinators are encouraging nonprofits in Lane, Curry, Coos, Lincoln, and Douglas counties to apply. Some government agencies and federally recognized tribes in Oregon are also eligible. Shelby Erickson is the foundation's
1: grant administrator. We typically look at different priorities when we receive applications such as education, health, public safety, problem gambling, the arts, the environment, cultural activities, and even historic preservation.
3: Erickson says food shares and Boys and Girls Clubs have been recurring applicants. Last year's total grant distribution was $1.4 million, and she expects this year's amount to be similar. For National Native News, I'm Brian Bull.
1: And I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
3: National Native News is produced by Kawanak Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. What if someone said you owe money to the IRS and have to pay with a gift card? Or they ask for a gift card so you can avoid going to jail? Stop. It's a scam. Gift cards are for gifts, not payments. Report scams at reportfraud.ftc.gov. Support by the Federal Trade Commission. Make sure your holiday checklist includes avoiding the latest holiday scams. Scammers count on you being too busy and distracted to pay attention, so visit aarp.org slash holiday scams to get up-to-date tips on the latest scams. AARP supports this show. Native Voice 1, the Native American Radio Network.
0: This is Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy sitting in for Sean Spruce. Climate change is uprooting several tribal communities. Erosion, rising sea levels, and melting permafrost are among the threats they've faced for years. From Alaska to Florida, tribes are confronting life-changing decisions because of a rapidly changing climate. Three tribes are slated to get $25 million each in federal money to relocate. They include the Quinault Indian tribe in Washington State and two villages in Alaska, Napakiak and Newtok. In the village of Newtok, more than 100 residents have already relocated to a neighboring village. Today on the show, we'll hear from Newtok residents and others involved in relocation. We also want to hear from you. Is climate change affecting your community? Is your tribe already adapting? Join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. You can also post a comment on our social media. We're on Facebook, and our Twitter handle is at 1-800-99-NATIVE. Joining us from Bethel, Alaska, is Bernice John. She is the president of the New Talk Native Corporation. She's Yupik. Welcome to Native America calling, Bernice.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, good morning.
4: So, how long
0: have New Talk residents and officials discussed relocating? And, and when did it actually become really obvious that everybody was needing to take action?
4: Well, in the first place, I wasn't aware New Talk was in the process of trying to relocate. But when I got involved, in you know, I started in you know, a Being involved in the relocation process, so we're we're still moving, and I think it's uh, we have some good help from the state and federal funding agencies. Um, Okay. I think we're doing good right now. All
0: right. All right, yeah, like uh you know, like like um we just uh, mentioned in the intro like 100 residents already kind of moving uh across to um uh Maktarvik. That's the the town that everybody's relocating to. Um so so tell me about some of the effects of um climate change like like what's actually happening to people's homes and some of the community structures there in in New Talk.
4: Well, so for one thing, since we live on top of the permafrost and it's melting away due to our global warming and we have erosion and we're being affected by, like, coastal storms and flooding because it's a low-lying ground. So it's storm, uh, storms flooding and erosion, that's what's you know eroding or those those kind of things um that is affecting New even though it's just we're having erosion by melting of permafrost, it's still a imminent threat to the community because it's eating away the land that we live.
0: Okay. And flooding, of course, is just, you know, damaging that infrastructure and people's homes. And um, I was doing a little bit of, um, you know, reading up on this issue, and it looks like mold is also a really big issue there. Um, is that something that um, you've seen maybe in your, your own home or, or other folks' home?
4: Yeah. Everything in, in the Newtac communities. um uh, Un- becoming un-
5: unsafe
4: and unhealthy. Mm.
0: Okay. So, um, you know, most, you know, even though there's 100 folks who are relocating over to uh, uh most residents are still in New Talk. Uh What are some of the obstacles? Um, you know, why can't everybody just move all at once?
4: One thing which the funding sources we get. Um, we mm-hmm. have Because we can't, you know, you know, provide everything because, you know, our funding, the funding sources are travel, you know, entity receives, um, we just cannot, you know, provide everybody with a, you know, brand new home, It's just, it's the funding sources. So we have to work on the sources every year, in trying to get uh, new homes for everybody. I mean, it's to me, it's like a slow process. At least you know we are making progress. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah, I, in the in the beginning, you mentioned it's been almost um, three decades since you guys have been, you know, planning and talking about this, and you know, raising that money, and um, you know, coming up with. Uh, Uh, you know, different um, funding opportunities to take advantage of for this move. Um, I'd like to bring in another guest right now who's, you know, helped with that funding. Uh, We have San Fortier with us. He's the general counsel for the New Talk Native Corporation. Welcome, Sam.
2: Well, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Of course, yeah. So, um, you know, Bernice was talking about funding issues you guys have helped with, uh, you know, some of that as as a represent um, you know, representing the New Talk Corporation. What's been, of course, you know, the greatest hurdle for relocation, I guess, you know, expand more on the 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 funding issues?
2: Sure, uh, thank you. Um, let me step back for just a minute, though. I don't want to take credit for things that I didn't do. Um, the 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 prime mover and shaker for this was the late Glenn Price, uh, who was an old friend of mine. Glenn passed away a few years ago, and prior to him dying, he asked that I, um, if New Talk would accept me to represent them as their as their uh, general counsel. Uh, so I stepped in about 2019 I can tell you though that the history of it uh, Is that Glenn began working on this with the village council back in the 1990s as, as Bernice has indicated um, They had to get legislation uh, the legislation dealt largely with uh, Where to get the land and in Alaska we're different than in the lower 48 Um the native corporation, the village corporation, owns the land, the tribe is the governing body. Uh, so the village corporation had to work out a deal with with the government in order to get land for the village to move. Uh, and that took some time. It also took legislation, uh, and it took um, making sure that the people of Newtok, when they moved, would continue to have subsistence hunting and fishing rights on lands that they may have to exchange with the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service. So all of that took time. Um, The money part of it uh, was largely the the work of Glenn Price again um, and the village uh, working together in order to obtain, as Bernice pointed out, planning money from the state, from the federal government, ultimately from an organization called the Denali Commission and working with ANTHC uh, the Alaska Native Tribal Health Corporation, who I know you're, uh, you're, you've got on the line, too. Um, that That's just kind of a, a thumbnail sketch of it. I didn't want to go too much into the weeds, but that's where the funding came from, and it was difficult to get. And um, as Bernice has pointed out, uh, it was able to fund uh, the creation of, of uh, the new town site, um, the moving of roughly 29 well in 2019 about 19 homes 19 families were able to move in in 2020 about 10 more I believe there were six or seven uh, homes that were built between 2021
0: and 2022 okay all right um, let's go back to uh, Bernice uh, Bernice this uh, town everybody is moving over to is Mertalvik. Uh what what um, how far away is it? Uh, uh, and um you know what what does it look like compared to talk
4: For one thing, Mukhtarvik site is um it's on uh it's on uh, northern part of Nelson Island. It's a much higher ground compared to uh, new which is low lying ground. And um it's a it's a good site to move into because we'll be moving we are moving away from you know flooding although we, you know we still have our storms but flooding and erosion will not affect where we are now and it 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 has um we, have, we, have, we live in brand-new homes, so we don't have to deal with mold and moisture like, like before when we lived in Utah.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> and, um, you know, some of that uh, infrastructure like um, running water and electricity, it's already um, set up in M- Maktarvik.
4: No, we have electricity, but we still have to pack water. Mm. We don't have water and sewer system now, but it's it's in the works. Maybe in a year or two, we probably have our finally have one of those luxuries, running water.
0: Oh, wow, okay. All right, and I understand Newtok doesn't have running water, right? No. Okay. All right. So kind of a kind of an improvement. I can imagine, you know, sort of those um, feelings of sadness leaving home and then maybe excitement for moving into a new home that's going to eventually have water and, um, you know, um, you know, just new (laughs) that new smell home, uh, you know, coming pretty soon. We're going to a break. We'll be right back with the folks from New Talk. 2022 was a banner year for films and television shows with Native storylines, actors, and producers. Many, like Hulu's Prey and Peacock Network's Rutherford Falls, reached broad, mainstream audiences. Many other notable works stayed under the radar. We'll review the smash hits and the quiet triumphs in Native film and TV on the next Native America
6: Calling. Changachit Ozakwak Sakstvknaku Asatsu Anraniknachrit Alikan Gangi Wahhluk Kuzak Bagesh Kutmakapshuten, Maskamk, Adurten, Alichan Sukangi Wahhluk, Muzvik Bni Chalil Ra Kans Kutgyu Nashunrit Vsargu Vutsu Pakshugu ww.medicare.gov slash coverage slash flu shots Una Gingun Khtukwagan the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services.
0: Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. We're talking about the village of Newtok, Alaska today. It has to relocate because of climate changes. It's one of several uh, tribal communities having to drastically adapt to a changing climate. If you're part of a community seeing these kind of environmental changes, join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Let's go back to our guest, Sam Fortier. He's a general counsel for the Newtalk Native Corporation. Um, Sam, uh, what about construction? How much does it cost to build a home um, in McTarvik?
2: That is an excellent question, Andy. It is extremely expensive. Mm. Um, as many of your listeners may not know, there there are no roads uh, in western Alaska. There's nothing to McTarvik, There's nothing to Newtok. So everything has to be there flown in or boated in. Uh, so there's a transportation cost. There's also a construction cost. The logistics are, are expensive. Um, probably average price for a home uh, for construction. And the construction is special construction. It's um, arctic construction. So it's probably around in the five dollars to $600,000 range uh, for a three-bedroom home.
0: Oh wow. And um what are some of the specs of these homes um how big are they?
2: Uh the homes themselves I would have to defer more to I n- understand that uh, you may have uh several folks from the village on uh, and I would certainly defer to them on what's you know how big the homes are. It might, I'm not going to guess. They they're not big. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, uh, catch up with some folks who are already in Mark Tarvik in just a bit. But um, I also wanted to bring in a, another guest. We have uh, Jackie Schaefer. She is currently in Chicago. And um, she's the director of climate initiative, initiatives for the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium. Welcome back to Native America calling Jackie.
7: Thank you for having me again. Um, I'm really happy to hear Bernice on the phone. Um, I love it when the story is told through the voice of the people who are actually experiencing it. So thanks for that
0: right right that's what we do here um uh jackie so newtok and napakiak are two villages that are undergoing relocation and they recently got um federal money 25 25 million dollars from the department of interior um what are other villages in alaska that are facing relocation
7: Well, in 2020, um, first of all, we estimated um, 4.3 billion dollars would be needed in the upcoming decades to address uh, climate impacts like erosion, flooding, permafrost degradation. Um, some communities could, you know, mitigate in place, but we expect about 40 to retreat away from hazard areas, and. In a nearby site, so it's not like building a whole new community. It's kind of like an expansion, but we do have like ten communities, like new talk that have no choice but relocation. And as you heard Sam say, you know we have now land ownership land designation and when 65 percent of your state is federal land a lot of times those exchanges have to go through the federal process so it takes a long time to exchange land so um, really 10 communities for sure and this number changes so we had we started with 33 threatened communities a few years ago and we're up to 144 uh, imminently threatened communities so Um, You know, it's a moving target. Mother nature is moving faster than anybody expected. So um, New Talk is one of the first to fully relocate and fully relocate doesn't mean just relocate. It means building a whole new community from the ground up. Right. And
0: sometimes that includes like putting in those infrastructures like um, uh, roads and um, water, water and electricity. I mean, I can. Yeah, I can imagine that can be really, really expensive. Um, So twenty five million for. Um these two villages right now, uh Newtok and Napakiak, um, is that, you know, sort of um you know, helping out, or are there like a lot of other funding sources that is really kind of um making making the difference here?
7: So unfortunately, when you talk about twenty five million dollars, it may seem like a lot of money, but you heard um Sam say that, you know, it costs between per home, and that's not counting all the additional costs um, to build the road to get there or any of the, um, that's just to build the home. And so if you look at Newtok, they need 49 more homes in the next couple of years to relocate the whole whole community. That $25 million um, isn't even enough to build the homes. Uh, Much less, you're not just talking about building infrastructure. You're starting from scratch. That means blasting the rock. That's going to build the roads. That's excavating all of it. Um, And then building housing pads and then bringing in infrastructure, like electricity and, um, you know, fuel tanks so that they could have stored fuel for heating. Water and sewer, you know, new Talk wasn't a served community and we have over 3000 homes in Alaska that have never been served, you know, pipe water and sewer su- services. So you're already starting at a disadvantage. So it may seem like a lot of money, but really um, it, it, it isn't enough and we need to move faster. Um, I would also add that with all federal funding, there are restrictions. And there are um, guidelines that communities have to follow. So um, this has not been fully defined as to what that funding could be used for. So that's another thing. Um, Not only do you have to plan, but you have to plan in advance. We have um, barge service that goes out there and you have to have your uh, materials takeout that's going to go on the barge ready by March or April so that it could get on that May barge and get out to the community. So um, there, there's also that timeliness that needs to happen because we have a unique uh, construction season right right so it's just you know not not just
0: all year round like um you know we see here in uh, uh you know the lower 48 48 especially in the southwest here in albuquerque is, you know you can do construction anytime um <clears throat> so what what are you know some of the alternatives to relocation for some villages
7: well for some of them there there is an no alternative in newtalk's case the erosion rate, the permafrost segregation, and the imminent threat from storms um, like, you know, ex-Typhoon Murbach um, really is like, for those communities, we have to find a way um, to keep their culture intact. Mm. Um, yes, maybe 100 years ago, their people were migratory with their uh, food resources, but we want to keep them in the general area and keep that cultural Um, aspect intact, and that way of life is really important Um, in Newtok's case um, their local language and you know they speak Yupik first English second so really understanding that there's more at risk here than just people you're the richness of their culture and their traditions um, is just as important because that's their vitality that's their life right right and um you know what has
0: been the um, the Alaska Native Health Consortium's role in helping villages with um, some of these relocation processes
7: um so ANTHC is the statewide tribal health network and so we we look through a lens of public health and we want to make sure you know our vision is that Alaska Native people are the healthiest people in the world so we want to make sure that with all the work we do that we're looking at through that lens. We want healthy communities that thrive. And because we're so close to the surface of Western contact, we're still dealing with a lot of um, colonial traumas Um, On top of that, we're dealing with inequities like lack of water and sanitation um, due to a multitude of things. So it's not easy to build infrastructure in rural Alaska, not only for the cost, but for the environment. We live on fragile land, and when you're going to invest on uh, fragile land, it's like building something on cracked ice. You just don't know how long it's gonna be there. And so our role is really to look through that public health lens to make sure that everything we do um, pertaining to all the services um, connect back to the people. And when it comes to climate change, we've recently partnered with NOAA, which is the new position I'm in, and, um, and it resulted in just conversations about this. Um, NOAA's interest in better understanding climate change and equity issues across Alaska, particularly in rural Alaska, came up in a conversation. And so they've dedicated and um, put some money in front of it and said, we want to work with you and we want to make sure that as you go through this process, because we're still in a very reactive process, I think everyone would agree, um, we haven't had time to really take a breath Pause and plan uh, appropriately, so that we could set the example for other communities. Now there are there are really good things happening, but there's also some things that you know we could have done better. And so, really, what it, what it comes back to is making sure that we find healthy ways to adapt to our rapidly changing world. Okay, and that's the uh, National
0: Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. You're talking about NOAA. Yes, I'm sorry.
7: I should have uh, uh, noted that. Yes, and <laughs> okay. Climate Initiatives, this program, which just launched last month, is something that we're, we're able to pull and house together everything we're doing with climate change, which includes our Center for Environment Threatened Communities, um, which has helped communities like New talk access funding administer grants um, and so on on that technical side but we're also housing our Center for Climate and Health and the easiest way to describe that group is it provides surveillance on environmental wildlife and public health threats basically cross-vector disease from plants to animals to people which is something with climate change and warming temperatures is becoming vitally um, you know, important um, because we're seeing things that we haven't seen before.
0: Mm, All right.
7: All right. Um,
0: I, I want to go back to Sam for a quick question on um, funding, too. Uh, Sam Fortier, let's see. Um, so, you know, we're talking about, you know, $25 million is going to go and be spent really, really quick. Um, what, about the, what about the future? What kind of uh, funding options uh, do you see available?
2: Well, frankly, I I think that Jackie may have identified some of the, you know, the the major issue, which is the amount of money that's necessary. And my funding, my idea is that Congress needs to step up. It needs to recognize that there is climate change, that it's a global problem, but it is focused right now in the Arctic and in Alaska. I mean, we're the fastest melting place in in the world, basically. Uh, and New talk is a prime example of that other villages Shishmaref is also uh it's it's on an island and it is uh it's melting away um into the Chukchi Sea so i mean the, the answer is is clearly money the The money has to come from Congress. it has to recognize that there's climate refugees New talk is a climate refugee. They're a prime example of that uh Bernice has identified that. Just moving from, from Newtok to Murtavec has resulted in increasing the health of people. Um, when I was in, in Murtavec, people were talking about the fact that the folks in, in uh, Newtok, they're, they're suffering from a lot of diseases because of the mold, because of the constant wetness. Um, those are things that Congress has to step into. Um, it is, you know, it's a responsibility of the federal government to address the health needs of Native people.
0: Got it. All right. Um, Well, let's actually go back to uh, New Talk and uh, visit with um, Philip Carl. Philip is uh, the tribal administrator for New Talk, and he's also Yupik. Welcome to Native America calling, Philip.
5: Yeah, good morning, and I'm glad to be on this uh...
0: Yeah, thank you for joining.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry about that, Philip. Um so we're we're you're hearing um, you know, uh Sam and Jackie talking about new talk. I mean, you know, melting into the ocean. Um, you know, it's it's disappearing. Um how do you feel when you hear words and language like that to describe your home, New Um, uh,
5: well, uh, first of all, I was born and raised here in Newtok, and uh, the village was really quiet until until uh, a lot of the changes uh coming, like, from this uh, climate change. And the land used to be, like, uh, three, four miles out. And amazingly, amazingly, back from 1970s, uh, (laughs) amazingly, uh, all this land is eroding, eroding so fast and uh, and also i've been uh, maintaining the school from the erosion uh-huh. last year the ero- the erosion from the school was like uh, 160 feet and the water plant was 90 feet and uh, this year during the springtime or summertime, I measured it to be like 130 That's from the school. It was 130, and the plant was like 70 feet. And right after this uh, uh, disaster we had, just, uh, the school was only like, uh, only like, 60 to 50 feet right now, and the plant is like uh, only 20, 30 feet. Wow. And uh, I'm not sure what uh, the school plan is for this year. Okay. But in hopes uh, they can uh, build a new school next year, which I don't really know about.
0: Okay. All right. When you say, um, you know, 20 feet, 60 feet, you're meaning like that's how close the water is to that school in the, in the plant? Yeah.
5: Okay. Like I said, it was uh, 130 feet. The school was 130 feet. The plant was 60 feet.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, we'll continue talking with Philip and others in New Talk right after the break.
3: Support by the American Indian College Fund. The American Indian College Fund provides millions of dollars of scholarships to thousands of Native students every year. Tribal citizens of every age and experience are eligible. The deadline for applications is May 31st, and you can find everything you need to apply at collegefund.org. That's collegefund.org or by phone at 800-766-FUND. Education is the answer.
0: You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. We're talking about how one village in Alaska has to relocate because of a uh, changing climate. There's still time to join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. And that town is Newtok, Alaska, where we have uh, Philip Carr joining us. He is the tribal administrator for Newtok. Philip, you were talking about, um, you know, plans about about moving the school is kind of up in the air. But um, what about... uh, what about um, uh, subsistence hunting? W- what do you think that's going to look like in the future, moving, um, you know, hunting and that way of life over to mctarvik
5: M- M- Yeah. Uh, the subsistence is still active on both sides. So, and, uh, but for... Other subsistence like other fish we've been catching here in Newtok during winter time. Uh, that will be a little different, uh, and uh, there is uh, some well, some fish that we usually catch during the first freeze up. Okay, and that's. Uh, some one thing, we just might lose, but we have to wait for, you know, you know for the Niblik River to freeze up, but for other subsistence, during during the summertime, it's not going to change. So, okay. you know, we're still active at subsistence fishing, and... Under gathering.
0: Okay. And um, over the years, um, seeing this erosion happen very quickly, how has that um, affected subsistence hunting?
5: Um, It has not uh, affected any of that from that erosion. We're still active at uh, doing subsistence only time we don't go out is uh, when we have when we have storms uh, and um and so uh, for so many years uh this weather's really changing due to climate change and uh, it its it's always it is always difficult now. To do is some other subsistence subsistence activities as we've been doing.
0: Okay, all right, thank you so much for that, Philip. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Let's go to Jr. in Alaska, listening on KYUK. Hey, Jr.
6: Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. I just want to say that they should look into a century or half a century to look into where they're going to build these buildings to see if that erosion will hit them in a century or half a century from now because... An aerial flyover Napakiak. If you really see the Kuskokwim, the Kuskokwim's really hitting Napakyak. And in 50 years or 100 years, they're going to have to relocate their school again. And they're not looking into the future that far ahead. The Kuskokwim is unstoppable. And if you have a really, really good aerial view of the Kuskokwim, and where Napaak lies, Napaak is just going to be eroded in 100 years. I don't get see why that they're trying to build another school. That's going to but they're going to have to move in another 50 years or a century from now. Okay. I just want to say that thank you for your time. Good morning, everyone.
0: All right, thank you so much for that uh, comment, Jr. Um, uh, I'd like to go over to our last guest here. We have uh, Lisa Charles. She's actually living in Maktarvik. Uh, she's uh, a new Talk Native Corporation board member. Um, Lisa, how's how's life over in Maktarvik right now?
8: Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, mm-hmm. I moved here in 2019 and. It's been going really well so far. I have seven children. And uh, when we lived in New Newtok, one of my daughters um, suffered from like asthma. And after moving over here to the new village site, um, her asthma has improved so much. Um, she no longer needs to fly into um, Bethel hospital for treatment. Um, yeah, it's we have so much improvement um, living here in
0: the new village site. Okay, cool. All right. So um, I asked a question earlier in the hour about how big are the new homes over in uh, Um Do you have a, a, a number for us, Lisa? How, how big is uh, you know your home in Maktarvik? Uh We
8: have a four-bedroom home. Hmm. I- say it's about um maybe 32 by 40 feet uh when we lived in talk, we lived in um a two-bedroom home which was 20 foot by 32 feet so oh, okay um
0: it's a lot bigger all right. Um, so what was that process like for you to, you know, like physically like pack up everything and move it? I mean it's not just a short drive down uh you know, down the road to another neighborhood. It's a it's a boat ride, maybe a plane ride. How how was that move for you, Lisa?
8: Um, it was a little stressful. We mm. probably did about six trips by boat. And also at the time when we were moving, the tribe also helped um, bring over our large appliances. since The tribe had a um, larger boat back then. And yeah, we moved everything over by boat and probably took like a whole month to get everything over here.
0: Okay, all right, and um, um, you know, what was it like for you, maybe emotionally, to leave your home in uh, Newtok?
8: Um, it was really sad and exciting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was both sad to leave, but exciting to uh, live in a safer environment and healthier environment.
0: Yeah. So you just heard uh JR um you know he was talking about uh you know looking back you know in 50 years uh you know over over 100 years there's a lot that's happened uh to the land um you know when you think about new talk and you know what do you think about you know the future uh Lisa what what do you think about JR's call
8: Um the the site we're living on right now—it's pretty high off the ground. It's solid ground. I don't think we have any permafrost here on our new site location. So um, I think we'll be safe on this spot for the future.
0: Okay all right then so um you know you're you're living there in uh mctarvik right now um you know how how do you keep maybe in contact with uh, relatives and uh, friends and folks in New talk lisa hello hi uh um i asked you if um you know how you keep in contact with uh, folks over in uh, Newtok.
8: oh yeah we we have um cell phones um social media v h s okay <laughs> All right, so um,
0: you know we're we're talking about you know moving uh, to to different um, communities because of uh, climate change. Um, Lisa, are there um, you know are there any sort of uh, you know concerns you have with um, you know having to um, you know, make more changes you know to the community in the future because there's gonna be more folks coming uh from new talk, Lisa okay, sorry, my
8: signal went out can you see that again
0: okay um h- how are plans um developing for making uh you know space building homes there for the other residents of a uh, new talk to be coming over in the next couple years
8: all uh, right now they're work they're working on about um, seven homes that should be completed by next Construction season this coming summer, and um, I think if they are able to find funding to build more homes, then we shouldn't have any problems with expanding over here.
0: Okay. And your children, um, are they just uh, going to school? You know, are they doing like virtual learning?
8: No, we have a temporary school here. Okay. we have about, I think, 48 kids from kindergarten to 12th grade, so. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's go back to uh, Bernice. We have uh, Bernice John. she's uh, in Bethel, Alaska. She's the president of the Newtalk Native Corporation. Uh, Bernice, do you know any folks who don't wanna move from Newtalk?
4: Not that I know of. You know, um, <clears throat> I don't think anybody want to live in Newtak because of the imminent danger Newtak is in. Um, we all have to move. It's, um, we, every one of us have no choice but to move to a new, better place.
0: Okay. All right. How, how long do you think it would take to move the entire village, to move everybody over to Maktarvik?
4: I think a year or two, everybody should be moved over.
0: Oh, wow. All right. Really quick. Um, <clears throat> Bernice, um, what, what are your thoughts, um, you know, leaving new, Talk, new uh, going over to Maktarvik? You know, you're leaving your home uh, in Newtalk.
4: Yeah, I left my home in uh, 2019, like Lisa. Mm. I mean, it's sad to leave the home where I lived most of my life, but exciting at the same time because, you know, because we're moving into a new, much higher, safer ground.
0: Okay does it already feel like home to you?
4: Well, it's a brand new house. It's my house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, You know, coming into your home for the first time, was there like a a housewarming party or maybe like, um, you know, like a a little family, you know, dinner or, or celebration or something like that?
4: No, not really, but... We still celebrate our Thanksgiving and Christmas events at, at our new homes. Mm-hmm. Every day I feel safe at my house, at my new, at the relocation site. So leaving talk, you know, it's less, less worrisome because every time we had storms, you know, Make me worry oh, okay. you know,
0: yeah, um, what advice do you have for folks who are who are moving next?
4: Well, I would give them an advice, you know it every community has to work together, you know, strategize and the places you know they need to. Um, select a site, you know, that's much safer than their current community. So they have to work with their community and with their tribal entity. And and from that, uh, you know, they can start a planning group and the other one is a steering group. These two groups are different. The planning group helps them strategize, you know, because they have to move in stages.
5: Mm.
4: Not every community will be funded at the same time to move people all at once, it takes time. Because of the funding sources, you have to apply for grants, and, and they have to budget out their plans, their funds. And when they um, receive their money, they have to um, implement, you know, get their programs started, depending on what projects they're gonna do. But most importantly, you know, they should get their homes and roads first. The other stuff can come later, Every community needs to work together if they want to, if they are going to relocate. And and they need a coordinator, like mm. a relocation coordinator, to um, take on the task of, you know, doing the relocation projects. As tribal administrators, Work for himself. All right.
0: All right. Sorry about that, Bernice. That is the end of the hour. Um, but definitely, we'll uh, be keeping an eye on all the villages and folks up in Alaska.
3: Are you a Native American health care provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin a six-month advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online masterclass looks through the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach to provide powerful, proven modalities and is offered tuition-free to tribal members. Registration deadline is March 24, 2023. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show. This month and every month, remember, one in three Native American adults have high blood pressure. Check it at your nearest community health center. If the numbers are above 120 over 80, talk to a health professional. Native community well-being is very important. You can take action by visiting heart.org slash HBPControl. This support provided in partnership with HHS OMH and HRSA under cooperative agreements CPIMP 211227 and CPIMP 211228.